Thank you for tuning in to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. We're a church in Lakewood, Washington, and whether you're listening from around the corner or from around the world, we're glad that you're here. We hope this sermon equips you to be the Christian the world needs today. If you'd like to learn more about us, head on over to lakewoodgrace.com. And now, for this week's sermon. Thank you, Pastor Brad. Hey, so um, we're, uh, Pastor Brad was to pr- supposed to preach on 1 Corinthians and continue our Corinthian series, but I kind of messed up on our scheduling, and so uh, we're doing a different sermon for this morning, and uh, the text for this morning is... Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And I'd like for us to do something a little bit different. I'd like for us to all read it together. This is the word of the Lord for you and me. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. All right, if you would, just leave it there. Um, So... I want you to tell me, bless your heart. Go ahead and say that. Bless your heart. All right, now turn to your neighbor and tell them, bless your heart. All right, so here's the thing. I grew up in Seattle, so I didn't learn Southernese. I didn't know what this meant. And, in fact, I never, I never heard of this term until I went to grad school in Richmond, Virginia, the capital of the Confederate States. So uh, to, when I flew out to Richmond, Virginia to find an apartment for grad school, and so I get to the rental car counter to go find an apartment, and the lady working behind the counter had the deepest southern accent I had ever seen in my life. Now, up to this point in my lifetime, I had only seen someone speak like that on Hee Haw. There was a TV show way back when uh, with a bunch of country folk. And, and so I'm just staring at her talking, and I'm going, what is she saying? And so as she's talking, I found myself laughing. Because I really thought, that she saw a tourist person, and so she was putting on an act for the tourist guy, right? And so I start laughing, but she didn't laugh. And I felt really stupid. And then I did something even stupider. As she kept talking, I said, is that the way you talk? Now, she gave me my rental car, and as I'm walking away from the rental car desk, I heard her turn to her co-worker and say, bless his heart. And, you know, I thought, man, these southern folk are so nice. I just made fun of her, and she's being so kind to me. Bless his heart. How nice is that? And then I moved to Texas and lived there for 16 years and finally figured out what she was saying. You see, when Southerners say, bless his heart, that means, what an idiot. 
Craig Rochelle is one of my favorite pastors that I like reading and um, hearing preach. And he tells the following story. When he first became a pastor, he's, you know, early 20s. And he first became a pastor at this large uh, Methodist church in Oklahoma City as an associate pastor. And his senior pastor told him, look, uh, Craig, if you're ever going to be a real pastor, you're going to have to learn how to do a funeral. And so when one of the most godliest women died in the church, the senior pastor called Craig over and said, Hey, Craig, this one should be really easy. Look, she loved Jesus. We know where she is right now. So uh, quote a lot of Bible verses and remind people of where, where she is and you'll be fine. And so everything went so smoothly during the service. And then now they're at the burial site. And after reading some scripture, it came time to put the coffin in the grave, in the ground. And he got to the point where he said, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Do you know what comes next? He didn't know either. And so since everyone seemed so sad, he thought he'd say something funny to lighten the mood. So he said, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Sure hope this coffin don't rust. <laughs> True story. But no one laughed. So after the funeral's over, he's the last guy leaving the burial grounds. And the funeral director comes up to him and says, Son, was that your first funeral? And when he said that it was, the funeral director said to him, What? Bless your heart. Now, in Acts 4.13, what's interesting is what's going on in Acts 4.13 is the church is just starting. Remember, Jesus just ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1. And the disciples are trying to figure out what, what, what do they do. And so they gather in the upper room and the Holy Spirit comes on them. And they start speaking in tongues, but not like in babbling but in tongues, in ways that all these people from all these different places start hearing the gospel in a language that they can understand in their own language. At least 13 different languages, they start hearing the gospel. These guys are babbling, and, and, and people are hearing the gospel in their own language, and the church starts growing. And so as the church is growing, the Jewish leaders are ticked off. And so by the time we get to Acts chapter 4, what's happening is the Jewish leaders have imprisoned James or John, Peter and John for preaching the gospel. And so they've beaten them, flogged them, whipped them, and then warned them, don't preach Jesus anymore or we're going to kill you. And when they, the people, saw the courage of Peter and John, because right after they got flogged and after they got released from prison, you know where they went? Back to the temple. Guess what they were doing? Preaching the gospel, preaching about Jesus. And people, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that these were unschooled, ordinary men, 
The word in the Greek for ordinary is idiotes. There, that's where we get the word idiots. Ignoramus. Unlearned. Fishermen. These are just unschooled fishermen. These are idiots. And people are looking at them and they are marveling. They are astonished at their courage. And they're saying, look, I know these guys. These guys are ordinary, unschooled idiots. And they're doing these astonishing works. And so here's the conclusion that the crowd comes to. Oh, they had to have been with Jesus. These are Jesus guys. Because they couldn't be doing what they're currently doing if it weren't for Jesus. They knew that Peter and John were different. Not because they were extraordinary. They knew that John and Peter were different because they had been with Jesus. So those of you who were voted in high school to be most likely to succeed, you were the best looking or the prettiest or the best athlete or the most talented, I've got good news for you. God can use you too. He can. It's just that God specializes in using idiots. Look at the people Jesus chose for his disciples. Not one professional there. Not one Pharisee. Not one Sadducee. Not one religious elite. Not a single expert of the law. Not a single expert in the learned fields. Fishermen. Tax collectors. Ordinary idiots just like you and me. And here's the key point this morning. Because you see, idiots don't know something that everyone else knows. And this is the key. Idiots don't know what can't be done. Idiots don't know what's impossible. So God uses idiots to change the world. Because idiots actually believe that God can take five loaves and two fish and feed the multitudes. Idiots actually believe that because Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would fall down upon you, that you 12, you 12, you 12, just idiots, ordinary people who don't know a thing. God can use the two of you not to change just Jerusalem, but the whole dang world and eternal, eternal destinies will be altered and changed. And they actually believe that because they don't know what's impossible. So God uses idiots to change the world. You see, God's not interested in what you and I can do on our own. God's looking for people. Idiots who believe that God meant what he said when he promised 
that the Holy Spirit would fall down from heaven and empower his people to go to the ends of the world to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. God's looking for people who actually believe that there is hope for our churches in this world and our communities. God's looking for people who believe that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. God's looking for ordinary idiots who believe that anything's possible in Jesus. Let me share a story with you. Pastor Roger was on vacation with his family in the Pocono Mountains. And if you've never been in the Poconos, man, it's gorgeous. In the fall, the the colors there, it's just absolutely breathtaking. But in the summertime, it's hot, it's humid. And so on a hazy Sunday morning, Pastor Roger was worshiping at a little Methodist church in a tiny town in the Poconos with his family. It was a hot day. The heat and the sultry air were making people sleepy. The preachers preaching up a storm while the folks in the pews were struggling to stay awake. Until all of a sudden, the preacher said, the best years of my life have been spent in the arms of another man's wife. Gasp, right? The whole congregation came to immediate attention. The dozing deacon in the back dropped his hymn book and the usher next to him, looking around to see if anyone else noticed that he was sleeping. The whole sanctuary was in such a still and silent suspense. You could hear a pin drop. And then Pastor Roger said, or, yeah, the preacher said, and she was my mother. And everyone kind of giggled and relaxed and managed to stay awake till the end of the sermon. Now, Pastor Roger, seeing this, said, that's a great trick. i got to remember that. So a little while later, on a hot, lazy Sunday, The following year, Pastor Rogers at his own church, preaching in his own congregation. Flies are buzzing around. The ushers are sinking lower and lower in the back row. And then he remembered the trick. Aha! So he said in a loud voice, the best years of my life have been spent in the arms of another man's wife. And Pastor Roger had them in the palm of his hands, right where he wanted. But he forgot what comes next. (laughs) And so all that he could think to say was, and for the life of me, I can't remember her name. (laughs) Look, you got to know how the story ends. For you and me, it may look like Mr. Putin's in control. It may look like our world is in chaos. It may look like all this saber-rattling with nuclear weapons. I mean, how stupid is that? Mutual destruction. It may look like that our, our world is in trouble. But if you're a Christ follower... You start with the end in mind. Let me tell you the end. Jesus wins. The kingdom wins. 
all of history, every second that ticks by is marching toward the glory of God and the kingdom of God. And the kingdom wins. Jesus wins. That's where we begin. And if you forget that ending, you're going to get confused and think Putin's in control. You're going to think the Democrats, the Republicans, they're our savior. You start with the end in mind. Church, Jesus wins. God is in control and will continue to act and demonstrate his awesome glory through his church, the bride of Jesus Christ, until every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. And that when that day comes, look, every single person will confess Jesus is Lord and will bend their knee and worship Jesus as Lord. But there's going to be two ways that we will worship Jesus and we will confess Jesus. If Jesus is your Lord, that day you're going to say, wow, awesome. Jesus, you are Lord. We love you. And it's going to be an amazing day of worship as you bow your knee before the Savior and the Creator. If you haven't received Jesus as Lord and Savior here yet, when that day comes, you will say the same thing, but it's going to sound like this. Oh, my gosh. Jesus is Lord. And you're still going to bow your knee, but you will face judgment and damnation. That's the ending. It's coming, whether you're, you like it or not. You know, I just came back from a meeting down in San Diego with over 100 pastors. And I actually felt bad. Um, because all the pastors, you know, were, this was the first time we were able to meet together. And this was a gathering of pastors who are, who are coaching other leaders and other congregations. And so we cover a whole lot of churches, thousands of congregations there. And everyone there was talking about, and this is the first time we've been able to gather in like three years because of COVID. And everyone there is, woe is me. COVID's been devastating. Churches are closing. Churches are declining. We're getting older. And when it came time for me to share, I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, we grew during COVID. We gained like 100, 150 new members. And you're going you're gonna to see, not members, but engaging uh, people on a typical Sunday. Our attendance went up by like 100, 150. And you're going to see, we received uh, six new members at the earlier service. And we're going to receive a new member here. And we're going to receive two more people at a future date. And these two people... It was so wild. I'd never met them. Brad's never met them. The first time we ever met them was in new members class, and we didn't even know they were coming. You know how they found out about us? That thing. Online. And they said, we love what you guys are doing, what God's doing, and we've been watching you online, so sign us up. We want to be members of the church. And they showed up at our new members class 
for the first time ever because of what's happening there. We, we get about 100, 150 uh, people watching us every weekend. And God's doing amazing things at the little church in Lakewood Grace right now. On the main campus, God's using the little church to grow. Did you know we're growing there too? Guess who we're growing with on the main campus? Retirees. And that's our target audience. We're going to rock the retirement world. We're like, hey, come on, let's go. Because people are retiring in the United States right now at a clip of 8,000 people a day. Americans are retiring every day. That's going to continue for the next 15 years as baby boomers retire in the United States. 8,000 a day. And Americans are living longer, healthier than ever before. And when people retire now, they got at least 20, 25 years of healthy mental living and physical living. What do you do for 20 to 25 years? You, there aren't enough spoon collections, enough sunsets and hikes and cruises. You can't fill 25 years. So we're saying, hey, look, God's going to use you. And in fact, your best days aren't behind you. Your best days are still ahead of you. God's going to use you to change the world. And we're growing with retirees. And Lake of Grace, we're reaching people that probably wouldn't set foot in the little church. But people are discovering God's grace and love all the same in a cafeteria. And God's going to reach hundreds of new people to transform eternal destinies for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Isn't that amazing? And so here's what's happening. People are looking at Brad and me going, I know Brad. He's an idiot. I know James. That guy's an idiot. So explain this. What's going on here? And they're all looking at you going, they're idiots. I know them folk over at Lake Grace. So how do you explain what's happening here? And they say, aha. These are Jesus people. They had to have been with Jesus. Because nothing else explains what's happening here. So say it with me. Say, I want to be, say that, a kingdom idiot. All right, no, say it like you mean it. I want to be a kingdom idiot. One last time. I want to be a kingdom idiot. Well, bless your hearts. Let us pray. Hey, God, thank you for what you're doing here. Thank you for reminding us of the end where the kingdom wins, you have already purchased that victory. And what you're looking for is not necessarily our abilities, our gifts. You're just looking for folk who still believe God's at work, that God can do the extraordinary, that God can still save marriages, God can still deliver people from addictions, that God can still heal 
broken relationships that God can still redeem impossible situations. So God, we're asking do those things through the little church and make with grace. We'll be your idiots, God. Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for the ways that you're at work. You are indeed a great and awesome God. And we give you praise and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Lakewood Grace Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and then head on over to lakewoodgrace.com slash connect where you'll find a link to contact us or you can fill out a communication card. Have a wonderful week. God bless.